0: It's actually easier to become president than it is become Miss America. Because you know, because you know what the qualifications are for president: thirty-five and born here.
1: Hey, Hollywood Life podcast listeners, we are here and we are so excited. We've got a fabulous guest. And can you guess? Yes, we have Kara Mund, the new Miss America. Welcome, Cara. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Well, we're really excited and congratulations. You are the first Miss North Dakota to ever win in the like a hundred year history, almost a hundred year history, Miss America. So you... I'm sure that all of North Dakota is extremely proud right now.
2: Oh, yes. They're so (laughs) excited. I was on the front page of almost every newspaper. I've had so many people call in and let me know that they've been so excited. So it's great. And listen, you, you, this is a
1: formidable competition. And, you know, we just played a little intro and we were looking into, you know, how you prep to be in Miss America and the qual- qualifications. And it is harder in many ways than becoming president or running for president because, I mean, you have, there is an age, you have to be between 17 and 24, you're 23, mm-hmm. but you really have to have like certain character qualities and you have to have talents and, <laughs> and you were great. We saw you dance. You did amazing jazz dancing. Yes, well, thank you. What What are some of the things like what you've been apparently on doing pageants since you were six years old. So you've been prepping for a long time. Like what are some of the things that you knew you had to do in order to prepare to be a Miss America, even be considered?
2: Yes. Well, I think Miss America is almost like a lifestyle and I mean, she's a scholar. So, you know, you have to be proficient in school all the way through. Um, she's a servant to the community, so she needs to have that community service spirit. And, you know, it is a job of service. And so this isn't just all glamour. The whole thing is all about serving others and making an impact. And, you know, I, I did start young, but it was more of a confidence booster. And North Dakota was never considered like a large pageant state by any means. Um, so it more just boosted my confidence, my ability to speak with others. Um, was it specific, your mom opinion?
1: that got you into this? Like, what What would make you, when you're six years old, think, I want to do pageants?
2: Yeah, so my cousin actually did one, and I got to be the pageant page for it, and I walked out with the little crown on the pillow, which oh. is like how they do it Miss America. Um, is and- like a
0: squire? <laughs> for, uh, pff- for someone in a pageant, right? Helper. help her?
2: <laughs> Yes, yes. Okay. You help. And when it was time to crown, I actually like ran down the aisle with the crown. <laughs> and I didn't want them to take it away. So my mom ah, was like, oh I my see goodness. So you
1: ran away with the crown. <laughs> yes, yes. I
2: didn't want it, I wanted to keep it. And so I told my mom I wanted to do one. And um, she was like, I guess. My mom never did them before. But she knew that it would probably build confidence. And my very first one, I remember in the interview, um, I think it was five minutes long, the interview. And the first three, I wouldn't talk because I was told, you know, don't talk to strangers. Uh. And then the Question was on Beanie Babies, and then I just kept I talking. I remember thing Yes, and the time was up, and I was like, "No, I can't leave. I'm not done telling you about all of my Beanie Babies." <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Funny, and so- she's had her eye on the Iron Throne since she was six years old. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, On long the long crown. Time. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, I, I knew I always looked up to Miss North Dakota's and I hoped that one day I could be just like her. And um, so I kind of followed in their footsteps, but I never expected to become Miss America.
0: Do you feel like you had an advantage being 20 since the age range is 17 to 24? Do you, do you feel like you had advantage being 23? Like my parents held me back a year in kindergarten, so I would be older. I felt like it was helpful. You, did you feel a little edge? Because you're more experienced over, so, yeah, in more experience, life. More pageant experience under your belt?
2: I would say pageant experience, but more um, life experience, and I think it depends on the person. I mean, we have had Miss Americas that were 17. We we've had Miss Americas that are 24. Um, and I think when it came down to it, the woman I was at 18 when I first started competing in Miss North Dakota wasn't the same one that won on Sunday night. And so I did have that, you know, I had the experience, but I also just had a better idea of who I was and the kind of Miss America I'd well, want to be.
1: Well, you're now a grad of Brown University, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. you want to go to law school. You're planning to go to law school after your year. I yes. guess you have to defer that now because you've been been accepted at Notre Dame Law School?
2: Yes, I've been accepted to a few schools and I ended up deferring as soon as I won Miss North Dakota. Um, Oh, I see. Okay. yeah, so the plan was to go this fall and, you know, I wasn't certain I'd win Miss North Dakota. And so it was, it was a nice change to know that, you know, this one year of service would happen and then I could go straight to law school. And so, yeah, now I'll be, you know, deferring again as Miss America.
1: And do you know which school you're going to go to?
2: Uh, Well, right now, I mean, there's a few that are, you know, as options. But when I won Miss North Dakota, I actually had a school turn around and triple their offer, their original offer, because they knew. I see. Scholarship.
1: You're talking scholarships here.
2: Yes, their scholarship offer. And so they knew the type of woman that is attracted to the Miss America organization and, you know, her public speaking abilities and her confidence probably in the courtroom. So, um, yes, we'll see if any other offers come in and why not.
1: Now, you just said courtroom. So are you what kind of law do you want to do? Do you want to be a criminal lawyer?
2: I think I want to look at nonprofits, but specifically, you know, beyond law school, I'd love to run for office. And you can't be guaranteed you're going to get elected. So I'll have a backup plan as well. But I think that legal legal degree will help with that.
1: Well, I think that's really interesting. And, you know, you're in a position to be a role model for young women. So let's just talk about your plans, because I've heard, I've read that you would like to be governor of North Dakota one day. So tell us why.
2: Yeah, so I worked in the Senate uh, last fall, and I really realized the impact you can make at the national level, but also you can do it right at the state level. And then I also. And who
1: realized, are you working for there?
2: Um, John Hovind.
1: And he's a senator in North Dakota?
2: Yes, yes. And he was a past governor as well. And he was someone that I always, you know, I admired his, you know, way that he was a politician. And, you know, he really was that North Dakotan that represented us to the best of his ability, and he's outstanding. Uh, and he actually said a speech on the Senate floor when I won Miss America. And so, I mean, he's been supporting me since I was a young girl, and when I won, to go to Brown he actually was a Dartmouth grad and so he encouraged me there too and you know I think he always knew I could do it and so that was what I wanted as well as, you know, to serve the people of my state. But when you
1: say serve, first of all, like there's when what what entails like what's entailed in that in your mind, like you could serve because you're going to be in, a as you said, in Miss America, you're going to be in a service capacity. You're going to spend a lot of time. uh, You'll see the troops. You're going to go to a lot of children's hospital hospitals and and make children feel better. But in terms of serving, like what do you want to accomplish as a governor?
2: Yeah. Well, working in the Senate and specifically my work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and Children's Miracle Network, I realized a few healthcare issues that I wanted to fix in North Dakota. And so, you know, I got that experience and how it's done at the national level. But I think we could do things at the state level as well. And so, I mean, my experience and my preparation leading to Miss America is actually just going to become a career goal as well.
1: Right. So when you say something, you want to fix some healthcare care issues. Is what specifically would you like to fix? To, where do you see an area that you'd like to do better?
2: Yeah, well, specifically in North Dakota, um, air ambulances are really expensive. And I mean, we have a lot of rural areas. And so to travel, you know, about 100 miles, it can be up to $48,000. And right there, that's not affordable health care, no. but something we can do at the state level. Um, I don't necessarily know if it would be handled at the national level, but I think North Dakota could step in right there and help these families. And it wasn't until I was working in Makoish and Children's Miracle Network hospitals that I heard the concerns of the parents. And, you know, right there, that's an opportunity to go ahead and serve your state.
1: Right. Well, listen, I think that everybody needs more affordable health care. So is that mm-hmm. something that you want to focus on as well when you become when you become governor? I'm saying when, <laughs> not if, when you become governor.
2: Yes, I could see that being one thing, too. But I mean, it's constantly changing every year. So that may not be an issue at that point, which would be great as well.
1: How great would that be?
2: Yes, it would be, it would be outstanding.
1: Do you think that it's harder for women who want to run for political office? I mean, there's far less women in Congress. There's far less female governors, what do you think stands in the way for them?
2: Oh, I think that's, that's a really hard question. And you're right. There's only about 20% of Congress that's actually represented by women. And I think just knowing the encouragement and that, you know, there's people blazing the way. And I think, you know, Hillary Clinton running for president right now is just letting women know, or when she ran for president, mm-hmm. letting women know that it's possible to get up there. And I think that's one thing is we just need the encouragement. And I mean, women can do just the same things as men can do. So I don't understand why we haven't reached that 50-50 level of representation yet, but we're making our strides. Do you think right. she's
0: going to run again? She seems like she's... She
2: keeps saying no.
0: But she's doing a lot of press. I mean, she's going on all my favorite podcasts. She just did a long interview on TV. I mean, the book is out. Yeah, do you think you'll read her book?
2: Oh, I would love to read her book. I think, I mean, every lesson that she has is going to be something that other people can learn from. And she was the first one to do it. So.
1: Well, the thing is, I I mean, I do hope she changes her mind and runs again because she still has a lot of energy, clearly. But, you know, she really was subjected to standards and questions that male candidates weren't. I mean, people just the fact that they pay attention to what she's wearing, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, 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 Trump could show up. Any of the other candidates could show up in a suit and a tie and a white shirt or a blue shirt done nobody questions it but everybody had something to say about her pantsuits her jackets the way her hair was done I think that's just it 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 adds a whole other level is that something you're concerned about
2: yeah and I don't think it necessarily has to be even running for president it can happen you know even at local office as well yes um and I think it's you know it's important that we're having the conversation we're realizing those differences so we can fix it
0: People made fun of how Trump dresses too. Everybody made fun of his long ties. (laughs) Well, that is
1: true. (laughs) I
2: know, but generally nobody
1: says a word. I mean, he's unusual, but he, I mean, he's unusual in so many ways. His giant
2: suits and his long ties. Yeah. Well, and both candidates get, candidates candidates get (laughs) criticized. Um, And I think that's just something being in the public eye. You know, it's, it's. It didn't matter what party they were.
1: Well, speaking of criticism, let me just bring this up because this is a criticism that that happens a lot with Miss America in general. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's no there's no competitions for guys. There's no Mister America, at least like a a serious national um, competition. And I can see why this probably started a hundred years ago because it was a way to give women opportunity. Mm-hmm. but you know people still do wonder why do we still have to have the swimsuit competition why are we even showcasing our bodies in a in um, a miss america and other pageants why do you think that's still important or why are, and are you okay with it not okay with it
2: Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with it. Um, I did do some soul searching and like why I'm okay with it and having that background. And I think the important thing to me is that, you know, I'm a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. And I worked really hard to be ready for that Miss America stage. (laughs) I bet. But it just shows the determination. (laughs) Um, But also, I mean, you're wanting a position in the public eye. And if I can go out in a swimsuit in front of all of America on national television, I think I'm ready for the job. And, you know, just... Being, you know, in the public eye and the criticism you may face, it just gives you that courage, encouragement.
0: We do have a Mister Universe competition. <laughs> that's true. And a Mister Olympia, and the whole thing is a swimsuit pageant. There's not even any questions being answered. So you know what I mean. We have no problem if it's Arnold Schwarzenegger standing up there. I mean, this was 40 years ago. <laughs> well,
1: that's Coleman true. That's true. But that's a that's a body, a specifically a bodybuilding competition.
0: Well, we we can't answer these hard questions from Maria Manuno. We.
1: don't know well i do think that's very i mean that's an interesting perspective that if you can go out in front of all of the world in a swimsuit and yes i mean you look fabulous and you do have to prepare for that then it certainly you know does show you could do pretty much anything Mm -hmm. um but it is like one of those anachronisms i think that I mean, lots of like lots of women feel strongly about that. It shouldn't be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, could
0: I just ask quickly what your? because I've been trying to get in, in shape a little bit. What was your <laughs> I'm I always was some info on this. What was your diet like to get ready for the swimsuit portion?
1: Right. He's training for Mr. Universe. Oh. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. How can I get ready for my swimsuit debut uh, where you do because a lot of people are into like intermittent fasting now. There's a lot of like different trends as far as like keeping a good, healthy physique while cutting body fat. Are you up on any of this stuff?
2: Yeah. Well, I think it's all personal. I know um, for me, I wanted a workout that I would enjoy because you're going to be doing it all the time.
1: You wanted a workout that was what?
2: An enjoyable workout. Yes. So like for me, I don't enjoy running. So I didn't want to, you know, run all the time. So I did, um, yeah, so I did cycling classes and that's kind of what like
1: spinning classes. Yes.
2: Yes. And so I did that and I absolutely loved that. And so I didn't really necessarily feel like I was, you know, working out, but instead just getting that healthy mindset, the physical body as well. And I mean, I didn't have the most toned body. I didn't have the slimmest body out there, but I was very confident in myself and I knew that I worked hard and that's all I could ask for. Well, you look
1: great. What about diet? Yeah. Yeah. What about diet? you give
0: up anything that you really love?
2: (laughs) Well, I love pizza. So I did cut back a little bit on that, but I think part of that too is just a lifestyle choice and you know i went from the college atmosphere and eating like a college student to now eating like an actual adult
1: <laughs> right well eating as a college student is really hard because there's not great healthy choices at most high at most not just high school but college cafeterias well, the main thing on the menu is beer your freshman year <laughs> did, you, did you face the freshman 15 like most of us
2: did oh i would have to uh yeah i probably i would say so just because i mean you're eating at irregular times yeah. you're you're just not in the same you know trend that you were in before. And I mean, I was dancing all the time in high school. So when I got to college, I mean, you're focusing and studying a lot more. Um, So I did face that, but I definitely like through this, I've learned how to maintain that healthy lifestyle um, that I didn't necessarily have in college. Now we
1: interviewed um, Savvy Shields, right? Yes. I just love Savvy. Yes. So a couple of weeks ago. And so she had, she was the former Miss... Miss America. She crowned you. And I noticed that the flowers were wrapped in, in, like they had a wrap around them. Because she told us when she got her bouquet, the roses, that the thorns were going into her arms. (laughs) So I think she must have worn them and made sure that didn't happen to you. But did she, she said it was really hard. Like she had a fabulous year. She wasn't complaining, but she said it was really hard to eat well and to get, workouts in because she's traveling so much. So did she give you any advice about how to handle that and about the very basics of, you know, trying to stay as in shape as you are and healthy?
2: Yeah, she did warn us of that. And I think that's something you just understand. You're going to be, you know, traveling every 48 hours to a different location. Um, But I think, you know, going through and being a college graduate, so knowing, you know, that end of the spectrum and then also being the healthiest I've ever been, you know, I'm going to be able to balance it. And so I think it was great training um, just having that.
1: So she didn't give you any specific tips, like make sure when you stay in a hotel that you check Like run down to the gym.
2: Uh, Not specific tips. I think it's different for every person. And like for me, you know, I like to do an ab workout before I go to bed or, um, you know, try to get to the gym as much much as possible. But my trainer did give me some exercises while I was at Miss America because you're at Miss America for two weeks. So you can't go to the gym all the time either. So that's also really great training is was I able to keep it up. Um, You know, when you're going out to eat, you just want to make sure that you eat healthy because you are going all day every day and it is your job.
1: Yeah. And apparently Um, you are going to be going all day every day for the next, like, 365 days
2: yeah and it's not necessarily about how your body looks but more about how it feels because if you're you know feeling sluggish you're not going to be the best miss america you can be
1: what if you want to be just like a chill miss
0: america you don't necessarily (laughs) want to travel (laughs) everywhere i mean you're the one with the crown can't you can't you decide what you want to do
2: yeah, I mean, you only get 365 days though and it's the opportunity of a lifetime and the number of women that want to be in the place that you're at. Um, and how many times I had looked when I was a little girl and said, I want to be just like Miss America. But I you
0: mean, already defeated them. Now you can do whatever you want. You're no, the queen.
2: no, I mean, you only get this once. And I don't want to ever look back at a day and say, oh, I should have did this instead. What if you just you know, don't
0: give up your crown at the yeah. end of the year? Have you considered just trying to keep
1: control of power?
2: Oh, no, you have to give it up. I mean, you have to give the opportunity to someone else.
1: Now, she's, she's being very political and I just want to get back to the the actual competition because it was interesting I thought it was kind of fabulous this year that they asked very serious um, questions about issues where they asked well they asked you about climate change and they they asked about Charlottesville another of uh, the finalists were you expecting to be asked about political issues because that seemed kind of like a first to me I don't remember that before
2: the top five question is usually difficult um and you i mean we're 51 of the top women in the nation and so when you get down to that top five and it is a scholarship competition you should be able to have an opinion you should know what's going on in the world and you should be able to back it and so i actually appreciated that they were so difficult and on national television because it just was able to show off our abilities as women and some of the most intelligent ones in do you want
0: to do you want to hear one of those bonnie
2: yeah well, let's let's hear Kara.
1: 95 countries signed the Paris Agreement in which each country sets non-binding goals to reduce man this is
0: Maria Menounos asking this question yes
1: made climate change the U.S. is withdrawing from the agreement citing negligible environmental effects and negative economic impact good decision bad decision which is it and why
2: I do believe it's a bad decision. Once we reject that, thank you. Once we reject that, we take ourselves out of the negotiation table. And that's something that we really need to keep in mind. There is evidence that climate change is existing. So whether you believe it or not, we need to be at that table. And I think it's just a bad decision on behalf of the United States. Thank you.
1: Good for you. And listen, the crowd really appreciated that. And do you feel like, well, while the competition was on Hurricane Irma was pounding Florida. And so we've now had these two like once in 500 year storms, you feel even more strongly about what you said about how important it is for uh, uh, America to have been part to remained in the Paris Climate Accord.
2: Yes, yes. I think what's important is that that question, it was entitled, like, take a stand. And so I was going to speak from the heart. Uh, I mean, it's, you're also under a lot of pressure. And so at that time, you know, that's exactly how I felt. But that doesn't mean it's the opinion of others uh, by any means. And I do think, you know, I'm still going to stand by my opinion. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that it's on national television because it just shows that I do have an opinion I'm educated on. I think the way
0: year. you framed it there was really smart because the issue has gotten extremely Uh, politicized even though the science is settled as settled as as it can can be the way you framed it where we would be losing a position at the negotiating table and it would be bad for america so even if you're a denier you can agree with that Mm -hmm. with that with the way you framed it i think maybe that's part of why you won do you think with those really savvy answers that didn't alienate really anyone
2: yeah i would hope so um and I, i mean i stand by it i think you need to keep your allies close and you know that's just my personal opinion but it doesn't mean it's the opinion of others
1: well, that's okay. We, we just want your opinion and we're glad that you expressed it. And the thing is, is that we're a very connected world and mm-hmm. we're all affected. The whole world is affected by the climate. So it's something that we have to work together on. Yes. What are you hoping uh, you can do for other young women and what you can represent for other young women?
2: Yeah, I know for me specifically, Miss America was always like an icon of inspiration and that's what I hope to do is when I'm in that Children's Miracle Network Hospital, when I'm working with Make-A-Wish, or even just when I you know, pass a child on the street, I want them to know that they're important and that you know, the only one really limiting them is themselves. And I think you know, being the first one from North Dakota to become Miss America, I've kind of proved that. And that you know, it doesn't matter where you come from. If you can dream it and you work hard, you can become it.
1: Well, you can. You've got to work really hard. There's lots and lots of obstacles, though. Mm-hmm. Do you have any sisters?
2: No, it's just me.
1: Really? You're an only child?
2: Yes, yes. So that's why Miss America was even more to me. You know, I needed a female role model, and I come from a very, very small family. And so I think that's why, too, my parents knew, you know, she is a scholar. She's a servant. She's an advocate for change. So why not have our daughter look up to her?
1: Right. Well, clearly, they raised you believing that a woman, any, their child, their daughter could do anything, Mm -hmm. and that whatever... But just what you said, whatever you dream, they wanted to help make you happen. And it didn't matter which sex you were. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been involved with uh, Make-A-Wish since you were young. Why did you get involved with Make-A-Wish? Because Make-A-Wish is an organization that gra- grants wishes to children who have very, um, I don't want to, like, life-threatening illnesses,
2: Yes. So I actually got involved in 2007, which is the same year that Miss America took on the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And I had um, two friends that were battling cancer. Oh, really? And yeah. How, how old were they? Uh, we were all the same age. And so we're th- I was about 13 at the time. And on my 14th birthday, one of them passed away.
1: <sighs> what kind of cancer did they? Were uh, they? She
2: had leukemia. And, um, and so at her funeral, all memorials went to Make-A-Wish. And at that point, I didn't really didn't know much about Make-A-Wish. I thought it was a, maybe a trip to Disney and that's about it. Uh, but her mom made it known that You know, that was the one time in her life where she wasn't confined to a hospital bed. She wasn't experiencing painful treatment and she got to be just like the rest of us. And so I went to my other friend who had been newly diagnosed, and she had cancer in a few different spots, uh, from the spine to, I mean, Jesus, yeah, and we weren't exactly sure how much time we would have, and for that, it's considered a rushed wish, and, um, you know, we needed the funding, we didn't have it, and so I thought, well, what can I do? And my school had already done, you know, hat fundraisers and jeans days, Um, so I thought, okay, well, let's put on a fashion show, and so that's kind of how it started, and I hope to break even and maybe raise, you know, like, the goal was $1,000, but even, at that, my mom was like, Oh, you're aiming pretty high. Um, and I ended up raising 2,500 that first year. And then she ended up getting her wish shortly after.
1: And what was her wish?
2: Uh, well, she wanted to go to Disney, but at the time it was, it was too difficult to get her there. So she got an outdoor spa. Uh, and after her wish, I mean, she came through in the treatments and she's still here today. Which oh, is that's fantastic. Yeah. That's
1: fantastic news. Yes.
2: you see the impact you're making. And then I was asked to make it an annual event. And so I did. So, uh, this last spring I just celebrated the 10th anniversary of the show. And and I've raised over 78500 for Make-A-Wish. And uh,
1: congratulations. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Impacted the lives of 23 North Dakota wish kids. So, I mean, it went so far beyond just my personal friend. I became a wish granter. Um, so I've seen the impact of Make-A-Wish. And then what's really unique now is that Children's Miracle Network is also my platform. And Children's Miracle Network children are often Make-A-Wish children. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my connections with Make-A-Wish and my ability to relate with these kids is just going to make me, you know, even stronger of a Miss America when I hit that Children's Miracle Network hospital.
1: Well, I can tell you... Um, My younger daughter, I have four children, my child number three, she also had leukemia when she was five years old. Fortunately, touch all the wood around here, she survived, but she was very fortunate to have a -A Make-A-Wish trip. And I can't tell you what a fantastic organization. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know but all of our listeners, it is a fantastic organization and we never reached out to them. They reached out to us like they found out through the hospital where she was being treated and, you know, and they were relentless about wanting to do something special. And so, um, I really commend you for working so hard for them because, you know, it, um, fortunately I think today about 80 to 85% of children with cancer do survive. Mm -hmm. And, but, You know, to have this, it's such a tough treatment. As you know, having had two friends who went through it, and you're going to be seeing a lot of children who are going through their treatments this year. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard. And so to have a -a Make-A-Wish trip or adventure or spa, anything, it Mm -hmm. really does lift their spirits.
2: Yeah, it just gives them something to look forward to. Um, And, you know, I've seen such a difference when a wish child comes back from their trip. They're almost a completely different person. And one of my favorite wishes is one that was very recent. And the wish child, she has a brain tumor and it continually continued to grow. And she wasn't in the best, you know, spirits. She went on her wish. She came back completely different girl. And actually the tumor has gotten smaller. Oh, so I mean, right there. That's, you know, the impact of a wish and the possibility you can have to, I mean, just enhance a child's life.
1: Well, so I encourage all you listeners to please donate to Make a Wish. Do you feel um in terms of being a role model, do you hope to encourage because you want to become governor? Do you hope to encourage other young women to go into politics?
2: Yes, I think so. I mean, that would be great if that's what comes out of it, but I think even just pursuing the education that they want, um, you know, even when I wanted to go to Brown University, my guidance counselors at the time, you know, kind of questioned if I could do it. And I look back and I don't I'm not upset about it because I think if I walked in and said, I want to go to an Ivy League school and I want to become Miss America, they probably would think I was crazy. <laughs> um, and But, you know, I had that dream and I made it come true. And so, you know, I'm going to be I'm actually really grateful for those that questioned my ability because I think it. Why, why did they think you couldn't do it? We just hadn't had someone go to you know Brown University before. There was a common app, and no one really knew how to fill it out.
1: Yeah, and I know those those are hard. Yes, yes,
2: yes. And so, I mean, when it's not the usual thing to do, it's it's you, people question it. Um, and same with Miss America. I mean, they thought, okay, Miss Marzukut is going to go. Maybe she'll make top fifteen, and that would be great. And I think when I hit that top five, I was like, oh my goodness, like I don't know if the state's going to know what to do. Like <laughs>
1: you know. Well, what were you thinking about when you were standing there, and it was just you and? The, the young woman who was the runner up. Like I I've watched the video you're holding hands and then you just went like, like, what were you thinking and what was going through your mind?
2: Yeah. I mean, it goes so fast. And so as they start calling the runners up, um, you're just like, oh, my goodness, I could maybe win this. And, you I, you know, you think you could maybe possibly get it. But, I mean, there's 51 girls and each one of us could have been an outstanding Miss America. Um, so when it got down to the final two, I think it finally hit me that we're almost at the end of the show. They're going to have to announce a winner. Right. Well, um, I, I, I would imagine it would hit you then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I have a 50-50 shot. And, I mean, you're processing all of this. Yeah. Um, and then I was, you know, if I win, do I? cry like I'm probably going to cry I better not cry my makeup's going to smear all over you know uh, and so I mean you're just thinking of all these things and then Chris Harrison took that really long pause before yeah. he announced he likes to do that well listen he's used to it
1: because he's used to giving out those final roses and you're waiting for roses
2: yes yeah when well, that pause seemed like it went on for like five minutes you know and you're like just, just trying not to something. pull a <laughs> Steve
0: Harvey you know you got to be careful
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah Bad, bad right. things have happened but I mean it just builds also the anticipation and the excitement and so you know, it was, it was such a great moment and something that I'm going to always cherish. So, okay. So I just want to take just. Take a
1: second, so you're going. Oh my God, I don't want to cry because my makeup's going to run. That's what you're thinking, and this is taking forever. And then he announces it, and what flashed through your mind?
2: Well, it was funny at practice. They said that they were going to announce the first runner-up, and then when I was listening to him, he said, "And your new Miss America is." So as soon as it goes, I wasn't actually sure. I was like, "I'm, I'm pretty sure he just said Miss America," (laughs) you know. And then she says, "Congratulations," and then it's like all a blur, and I don't remember Savvy putting on the crown. I don't remember the sash and all of a sudden she kind of like pushes me to walk down the (laughs) runway and I was just like oh my goodness this is like this is me. Uh, and then I got to the end of the runway and my parents were actually there. So they brought the parents up to see me. And I think that's that's the memory I have first was as soon as it happened, I saw my parents, which is something I'm going to be always grateful for. And I think, you know, we were all screaming and didn't know what to do. So you don't
1: remember screaming, crying, anything? Oh,
2: no. And all of the faces I made in excitement. Yeah. I don't remember. you watched the
1: video now. Yes. yes.
2: And I, I thought I was just smiling, but obviously not.
0: The same thing happens in boxing. You wake up in the locker room and you're like, how did I do?
2: Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, listen. We we wish you a fabulous year. You're going to have so much excitement. You're going to like meet a zillion people. Um, we'd love to have you back to tell us how how it's going, how it went, and what you've learned, and uh, to inspire more of young women out there.
2: Yes. Well, thank you so much. And so it thank is you. Opportunity of a lifetime.
1: Okay. Well, enjoy every minute. Do thanks. keep your journal, like Savvy said.
2: Yes, I will.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Bye. The, queen, the queen of